and uh, some people uh, uh, look at this uh, prayer of Jesus and and uh, they, they think, well, is he trying to get out of it? Is he trying not to, not to do what he's supposed to do? No, no. He's just showing his humanity, the fact that uh, this is tough. This was not easy on Jesus. And he was in the, the, the darkest hour of his entire life here on earth and, and was coming into even darker moments as he went into uh, the persecution and crucifixion and his death. And so he's praying there that night. And, and I hope that when you hear his words here, that you can tell that Jesus really can relate with whatever it is that you're going through. I don't know what you're going through. I know that we've had a very rough year over the last year since last March. And, and uh, we've had a lot of first time things happen uh, here in our nation, in fact, around the world. And uh, we've had a lot, of, a lot of suffering, a lot of things that we've had to go through that we never probably dreamed we would ever have to go through. Amen? And uh, Jesus understands that kind of suffering. And so as I set up the story tonight, I want you to know that Jesus was already sensing the weight of what was about to happen. In fact, it says that uh, as he was praying, he says, I want your will, but not my will to be done. And I loved what happened at this, at this moment. An angel appeared and strengthened him. My prayer is tonight that an angel would appear, which would also be a miracle, wouldn't it? And strengthen you in whatever it is that you're going through. Because Jesus was going through such agony, the Bible tells us that sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Luke tells us that the last he stood up again and returned to the disciples only to find them asleep and exhausted from grief. So now not only we see Jesus can identify with our frustration, our exhaustion, our grief, but the disciples could identify as well. And Jesus asked them a question that I believe that he's asking us tonight. Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray. Get up. And pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Jesus is saying to us, you don't have to give in to the temptation. You don't have to give in to the struggle. You don't have to give in to the discouragement. He walked the way of suffering and he found victory through it all. And he has that victory for every one of us as we walk through whatever it is that we're walking through tonight. Well, I did something a little bit different uh, for tonight's message. I don't know if I've ever done anything to this degree. But as I was looking at the story of uh, Peter cutting off the ear, that's kind of where I wanted to focus. I sat down and looked at all four gospel accounts of that story. And I kind of made a spreadsheet and highlighted each little bit of part that, that I felt like was, was pertinent and, and wanted to highlight. But then what I did is I took... A little bit, because every one of the uh, every one of the uh, uh, gospels tells it a little bit different, and tells a, maybe a little de detail that the other one doesn't tell, and maybe shares a little more insight in one part of the story that one of the other ones don't share. And so, what I did, and if you'll allow me to do this, you won't be able to follow along in your Bible because what I've done is I've taken each of these scriptures, each of these gospels, and I've placed them in a timeline of how it happened that night, and I'm going to read it to you. These are the scriptures. These, these are the words of the Bible out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but I've taken them out of each one in the order that they happened so that we can actually 
hear the story of how it happened that night, okay? Is that, is that cool? And so before I read this, I just want you to bow your heads and let's ask God to bless our time together. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you that you are perfect in all of your ways. You promise that when we are weak, that your strength is perfect. And right now, Lord, we call upon your perfect strength. Lord, we pray that, that you would just help us tonight to concentrate on the glory that is the Son of God and help us to understand what it is you have for each of us and, and help us to make it personal tonight. And Lord, as we look at this story uh, uh, that happened here in the garden, we pray, Lord, that you would just bring it alive to us and help us to learn from the example of Jesus in this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people said... Amen. Amen. I'm going to begin by reading out of Matthew chapter 26, verses 47 through 49, and then I will continue on with the storyline. So listen as I begin. And even as Jesus said this, talking about when he came and said, why are you sleeping? You need to be praying. If you're going to resist temptation, you've got to pray. So after he said this, uh, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. And they had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him a kiss. Now just imagine what must have been going through Jesus' mind at this moment. He knew that this was going to happen. He knew that Judas was going to betray him. But how many of you know that when that you've been close to someone and, and they have claimed to be your friend and they've claimed to be your supporter and then they betray you in front of everybody and they turn around and, and, and bite you in the back, first of all, and then they do it in front of everybody. How many of you know that that's a really pretty tough thing to go through? Amen. How many of you know that uh, we want everybody to like us, right? How many of you just would like for everybody to like you, if that'd be okay with you? I'd love for everybody to like me. I don't know why everybody doesn't like me. I'm so likable, amen? I know you feel that way, about yourself anyway. So uh, here we are. Jesus is, is, is facing exactly what he knew was going to happen, and the others are looking on, and they're realizing, boy, Jesus really, really nailed it when he looked at Judas and said, you're going to betray me. Jesus fully realized, it says, all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. I want you to remember that. And he said, who are you looking for? Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. Listen to what Jesus said. This is very important. He said, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, I love this part, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Here's the good news tonight. Just the word of Jesus is strong enough to conquer any difficulty that you will face in life. Just the word of Jesus is ready to conquer any discouragement, any trouble, any heartache, any financial issue, any physical issue, any relationship issue. The name of Jesus, just his word is enough to throw that all to the ground. Amen? Already we see miracles happening. Already we see things happening in the heavenlies. Once more, he asked them, who are you looking for? And again, they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you, I am he, Jesus said. And since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those who have, you have given to me. Stop right there. I want you to understand that Jesus will be with you 
through thick and thin, through day and night, through joy and trouble, no matter through heartache, through happiness, Jesus will always be there. He promised no one left behind. Amen? He's going to come back and pick you up and help you and strengthen you. He says, I am fulfilling the words that says, I have not lost a single one of those you have given me. Then, it says, Jesus looked at Judas and said, Judas, my friend, would you betray me, the Son of Man, with a kiss? Hold on just a minute. Did you hear what I just read? How many of you, after someone had just betrayed you publicly in front of everyone, sold you out, would speak to them like this? Judas, my friend. Judas, my friend. I want you to know that matter, no, what, no matter what you've done, where you've been, how terrible you think you have, that you have been in the past, Jesus is your friend, and he will always be your friend. I, I, I'll tell you what, if that was me in that situation, I'm not sure I could muster up the courage and the strength to call Judas my friend. He wasn't acting like a friend, was he? How many of you know that's not how a friend should act, right? Judas, my friend. Would you betray the Son of Man with an act of affection, with a kiss? Go ahead and do what you've come for. Then the soldiers grabbed Jesus and arrested him. When the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought swords with us. We can take these guys, basically, is what they're saying. Lord, we've got this. We've got our swords. We can take them down. Just say the word, Lord, and we can do this. And when the other disciples saw what was happening, they said, we brought our swords. Then Simon Peter just went ahead and drew his sword. I, I put in the went ahead. Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. So he didn't even wait for Jesus to answer he just went ahead and said, that's it, I'm taking care of this, I'm taking care of business. This, this man is my Lord and nobody's going to touch him. But Jesus said to Peter, watch this, no more of this. Put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? Those who use the sword will die by the sword. You wondered where we got that? That's where it is. Jesus said, those who live by the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my Father for thousands of angels? That's probably where we got that song we used to sing, that Gaither song, you remember that? He could have called 10,000 angels, but he didn't do it. He said, don't you understand, don't you realize that I could ask my Father for thousands of angels to protect us? And he would send them, listen to this, instantly. Don't you know that all I would have to do is say the word and instantly, instantly, the angels would come, thousands of them. But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? And he touched the man's ear and he healed him. Then Jesus spoke to the leading priests and captains of the temple guard and the elders who came for him. Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me at the temple? I was there teaching every day, but this is all, this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in scriptures. And at that point, 
all the disciples deserted him and fled. Think of it for a moment. Jesus was alone. And in that moment of being alone, he was faced with adversity that goes beyond anything that we can understand. Here's what I know. When we are faced with adversity, we, are, we, we tend to get blinded by our problems. It says when the other disciples saw what is about to happen, they, they just started to take things into their own hands. I, I, let me fix this, Jesus. Let me fix this problem. I've got this. I, I can handle this. And, and, you know, we're really bad about that, aren't we? Jumping to conclusions and deciding we've got the answer and we can figure this out. Jesus said, no, no. Hold on. Don't focus on the problem. Focus on the solution. Have you not read the scriptures? This is exactly what is supposed to happen. This is what God has planned. This was the purpose all along. So what do we learn from this story? When we're faced with adversity, we need to do four things. The first thing is this. We need to pray, three words. We need to pray, we need to pray, and we need to pray. Jesus prayed. And you know what I love about Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? Yes, he did say, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, so be it. But he also said, not my will, but thine be done. Then he began to pray for you. Did you know that he prayed for you? And he said, help my people, help my children to get along and to have unity and to not to fight and be angry with each other and argue. God help us, the church, Christians should be the ones who's doing the very opposite of that. And Jesus was praying for us. And he said, help my church be in such unity that the world will look on and be amazed and know that you are God. You know, we used to sing a song, when he was on the cross, you were on his mind. When he was in the garden, you were on his mind. He was putting you before his own needs. The second thing, when faced with adversity, we need to love our neighbor. Jesus said, Peter, no more of this. No more of this. Put your sword back. If you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities of the air. You're not arguing with that person in front of you with flesh and skin on. You're arguing in the heavenlies. The enemy is doing his best to discourage us, to pull us down, to get us to a place where we're no longer ready to be spiritually strong. We need to love our neighbor. But it goes even further than that. We need to love our enemy. We need to love our enemy. We need to love those who will persecute us. We need to bless them. We need to lift them up. And then we need to stand firm. Jesus said, I told you that I am he. And in that moment of standing strong, the enemy fell to the ground. And here's what I believe with all of my heart. They would have stayed there 
if Jesus had not allowed them to stand back up and lead him to the cross. Do you understand that? So then Jesus reached down, picked up the ear, and healed the soldier. That blows my mind. That kind of grace and love and understanding, I don't understand. That miracle right there gives us a perfect picture of exactly who Jesus really is. In the middle of his crisis, he stopped to heal the soldier. In the middle of his crisis, in the middle of his darkness, he shined light into this soldier's life. And who knows the story that this soldier told when he went back home. You won't believe this. We were going in there to arrest him and we were ready to do whatever we had to do to drag him into court, to drag him to the cross. One of his guys pulled out a sword and caught me off guard. You know, I'm sure he said, I, I could have had him, but he, but he, he kind of got me a sucker punch and cut my ear off. Jesus reached down, put it back on. Just imagine him talking to his wife. This isn't in the scripture, but I'm just thinking about saying, honey, I, I don't understand that. What, what kind of grace is that? What kind of love is that? I mean, this guy must be for real. Well, you and I know he absolutely is for real. You see, the disciples were going to need these lessons from Jesus in the days and weeks to come. And I really believe that we are going to need these lessons in the days and weeks to come. I'm not here to discourage us. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to paint a, a, a sad picture. I'm not doing that at all. But I just know we live on a fallen earth. We live in this jar of clay. There will be struggles. There will be pain. There will be heartache. But if we will persevere and pray, 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 if we will love our enemy, if we will bless our enemies, if we will love our neighbor as ourselves, if we will stand firm in the truth that we know is right, God will be our strength. And I believe that when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, he didn't just want us to remember his death and resurrection. I believe he wanted us to remember who Jesus was at the core. His love, his strength, his help, his hope, his forgiveness for every one of you. And tonight as we take and eat and drink together, let's remember that Jesus' priority was to heal, not destroy. Are you willing to make that your priority? Let's remember that Jesus reached out to others when it was inconvenient. Are you willing to reach out to others when it makes no sense? Let's remember that Jesus gave himself 
not just to the select few, not just to those who liked him, but to everyone, even those who sought to destroy him. I would like us for just take a moment and ask ourselves, am I willing to do that? And if you're not certain that the answer is yes, can we just take a moment and say, Lord, I believe in you, just as we said Sunday, help me with my unbelief. Lord, tonight, we thank you for the example that you brought through your whole life here on earth, particularly through the three years of ministry as you walked this earth. And then on the eve of your death, Lord, the persecution, the suffering that you went through leading to the cross. Lord, your death on the cross when you shed your blood for each of us and the resurrection and victory over sin, death, and the grave. Lord, help us to remember that it is that power and that strength and that hope and that grace that will help us to walk every day through whatever it is that we face. Lord, help us to be ready to make it our priority to heal, not destroy. Help us remember to make it our priority to reach out to others even when it makes no sense. Lord, help us to make it our priority to love our neighbor as ourselves. Even if that neighbor is seeking to destroy me, Lord, I know that you're able to do that. We're praying, Lord, tonight that you will give us the strength. We pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come to the table, receive the elements going to ask you to come and take both the bread and the wine, and then I'm going to ask you to take it back to your seat and wait, and the pastors and elders are going to instruct us when to eat together, when to drink together, and we will have communion together as a church. Come to the table of Jesus, our Redeemer. Jesus invites you here as part of the people of God. Come to the table humbly, not because you have earned a place here, but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love God and want to love God more. Come because Jesus first loved us and gave himself for us. Come because you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit Come because you want to experience the mystery of God's grace. You may come at this time.
On the night he was handed over, Jesus had a meal with his friends. He took a loaf of bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. supper Jesus took the cup of wine and after giving thanks gave it to them and he said drink this all of you this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins whenever you drink it thank you for the gift of your son Jesus Christ we are so thankful that your love pursues us our entire life long thank you Jesus for giving your life to us in word and deed even unto death even death on a cross come Holy Spirit feed us tonight with your love that we may be filled with your power to love God with all of our hearts and souls and minds. Amen. I would like for us to pray together and it will be on the screen and we will pray together a prayer of response. Will you pray it with me? We have come to the Lord's table. We have eaten the bread of heaven. God is the one who will transform us so that we can see with Jesus' eyes, hear with Jesus' ears, speak with Jesus' mouth so that we can be the body of Christ in the world. Thank you for being here tonight and I would like to do something uh, while all of you are here that I think is extremely important no one likes to eat alone there's a reason for that God created the meal for fellowship you remember Sunday morning I said, I'm just one beggar leading another beggar to the bread. That's all of us. That's why we're here. And tonight, it's basically just family here. If you've joined online, I'm going to welcome you to join this as well. 
But I would like for us, those that are able, to all stand and find a place spread out around this room and lay your hands on the back of a row or a seat. And uh, let's just make sure that every area has a few people in it. We have enough here to do this. And I want to pray specifically for those who will be here Sunday morning that need Jesus as their personal Savior. And I want to begin as, as Christ Church to pray, Lord, bring them into this place. Redeem them into your body so that we can welcome them into the family of Christ. Amen. So would you, those that are able, would you stand and uh, don't give in to the temptation to just staying where you are. Now, you may need to, to represent where you are, but look around. If you see some places where no one is represented, find a place. Make sure that we're spread out around the room and just lay your hands on a seat or two. And uh, now there's nothing magical about laying our hands on the seats per se, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, Lord, whoever sits in this seat, whoever sits in this seat or this row, help them to be responsible to the, to responsive to the gospel of Christ. Help them to receive the truth in love. Sunday morning when I talk about why not choose Jesus, let's pray that people will respond to that and choose Christ. Aren't you glad that one day you received the invitation by the Holy Spirit that drew you in and you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? And I would say that probably all across this room, it's because somebody prayed for you, whether you knew them or not. So I just want you to bow your heads and I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And let's pray for those that will be in this room. And let's anoint this room, let's set aside this room for God's glory, for God's kingdom, for God's message, and for a response that his kingdom will be built, amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time tonight that we can join together in harmony as your body. Lord, as we stand across this room and we lay hands upon these seats, Lord, we pray for whoever that represents that will be sitting in these seats on Sunday. And Lord, we pray that they would come in with a receptive heart. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would soften their heart to the truth. I pray, Lord, that you would take away any distraction that might get in their way from being here on Sunday. Maybe it's someone who's been invited with an invite card or, or someone who's been invited by a family member or someone who's just been driving by the church and, and wanting to try it out and thinks Easter's a good day. Lord, we think Easter's a great day for that. And we pray, Lord, that you would compel them to come in by your spirit. We pray, Lord, that as they, as they pull onto this campus and they're greeted by our parking team, they will immediately sense God's presence upon this place and they will know that something is different here. And it's not because of the people, it's because of the spirit within them, Lord. And I pray that they would feel welcome. I pray that they would feel a sense of a feeling of, of, of belonging. And I pray, Lord, that they would know that something is different here and know, Lord, that we love them, but more importantly, that you love them. I pray, Lord, that we would be ready to greet them and to bring them in with the love of Christ's family. I pray, Lord, that, uh, that as, as the music begins and, and as we have the special uh, uh, drama and we have the special message and uh, everything that's being prepared for Sunday, that it would all point to you and it would all draw them to you, Lord, by your spirit. And we pray, Lord, that right now you would sanctify this place as holy uh, unto you. 
And Lord, we pray that if there are those that are on the fence, those that are thinking about maybe coming, Lord, that you would draw them to you. Lord, that you would, uh, again, uh, move any distractions that might get in their way and cause them to maybe change their mind. I pray that uh, you would just uh, make the way perfect and, and clear for them to be in this place, Lord. If they're not able to be here, maybe they're in another, another state and we've been praying for them. Lord, I pray that they would find a, a church that's going to uh, celebrate the Easter story and preach a biblical message and draw them into that place. Lord, we pray that salvations will happen here in this room. We pray that salvations will happen across this county and across this city, across the state and the nation. Lord, across the world as the world celebrates Easter and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that it would be such a redemptive time, Lord, that we would see a great revival happen because of what God is doing. And we will give you praise and honor for it. We're believing you for great and mighty things, Lord. We cannot do it on our own, but we ask that you would do it, Lord Jesus. And we pray this together in unity. And all God's people said amen. Come on, church, say amen. 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 How many of you believe it? Let's just give God a praise and claim it today. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for coming tonight. And we're so grateful for all of you being here. If you are physically able to stay back a little bit, we're going to set up a few more chairs. We want to make sure we have plenty of seating for our guests to come. So uh, if you're able to, to help out, I see people like, I know we have bad backs. I understand that. But if you're able to help out, would you meet me over here in this corner? Won't take but about five, five, ten minutes at the most. And we'll finish that up, and then uh, we'll let you go. God bless you. Thanks for being here.